Bloody starving mother, mother Let's see Hold your horses Got a million courses And I'm fixing a treat Jeremiah, go and help your mother Jane and Jonah, you too Hezekiah, go and get your brother Then fetch Amy and Sue Mother, mother, everybody's happy Got a reason to smile Cause you know that I'm about to serve A Christmas dinner Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion, the show that seeks to encourage and edify you and build you up in your faith and help you understand that evolution is a religion. Stop following the tenets of it. It has no proof whatsoever. And no matter how much they claim, there is no way on God's green earth that they will ever prove that you came from a bowl of soup. So... You know, knock it down to its simplest form, and it's laughable. It really is. You know, I the smartest guy uh, on the planet, I don't care. Um, you know, even guys that claim they're, they believe in Jesus Christ and then turn around and say that they believe in evolution somehow or that the earth is old or it has to be old, that they've proven that it's old, I just laugh. No, nobody's proven any such thing. They have dating methods and they have all these fancy terms. And that's kind of what they do. I mean, liberals and uh, uh, evolutionists and uh, leftists, people like that, uh, they resort to two things at some point when they can't answer the question specifically or they're proven to be uh, insufficient or proven to be false, proven that you know thing, what they believe doesn't work or doesn't set up right they either resort to name calling or uh just try and change the subject one of the two typically or you know try and make you look bad somehow or make fun of you anyway it's uh uh you should be encouraged if you believe in god you have a written record of things that occurred on this earth five six thousand years ago right and you should not be embarrassed by that you should not be uh afraid to stand on that uh, you had eyewitnesses that were there people who knew god and talked to god um personally you know when he was a little bit more involved uh, at that point now i don't you know i don't know his level of involvement personally with people in people's lives at this point uh in the story because it is history it's his story and uh but that's okay i don't need to he's god i'm not and um, he's given me a book that I can read called the Bible. And I can come to know him. I can come to trust in him. I can come to put my faith in him. And to live a life that uh, is much more fruitful than without him. Uh, with a hope that there is something even better beyond this life. A hope that uh, I will be with him someday. And um, all these hurtful things that have happened in my life or things that I'm a embarrassed by or uh, ashamed of or whatever will be washed away by his blood i mean it, it already is but um there will be a day when that will be no more somehow i'm not sure how that's going to be but um it's going to be a, a pretty neat day and you know if if lord jesus decides to come back or his father sends him back um now and prior to that and we get to live as part of the thousand year reign so be that that would be amazing that we would have someone in government that would actually tell us the truth and uh, be a person of integrity 
and um, wouldn't have to vote for it or try and discern if people are telling us the truth or not anymore. So welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some. And it's interesting. I don't know how, how many of you like maps. I love maps. I can look at maps all day long. And I've got a, a map of the world that sits right in front of me every day. And every once in a while, I'll just kind of stare at it. Look at all the different countries on there and different land masses that God has put on this planet and uh, the resulting different people groups. Um, because you do know we're, we are all one race. There's no such thing as racism. There's no such thing as races. Just like there's no such thing as species, there are kinds of animals, kinds of uh, plants. And, uh, but there's no such thing as races. We are all one race, the human race. We are part of this human condition, this human experience. But there's a lot of different places people live, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different uh you know, manifestations of humanity, if you will, varieties of humanity. But they all have the same genome. Isn't that interesting? They all have the same, uh, um, you know, humanosity, if you will. And there's a little bit uh, difference here and there within that genome, but it's it's still the same basic thing. It's not like the the one that's in a chimpanzee it's not like the one that's in a fish it's not like the one that's in a bird it's not like the one that's in something else it's a human one it's one designed to be that way by a designer one who uh, brought all this forth for his purpose for his glory if you will and uh it's a beautiful thing so we start with the bible as being true we assume that it's true it's what god has given us and you can fight against that all you want. That's your prerogative. But for us, we're going to start with that and and look at the world, look at the lens of humanity, look at the lens of life through that lens and go, okay, so this is our starting point. This is what we believe to be the objective truth. How does that make things look? Now, some things still we're not going to understand perfectly. We're not going to understand why God did certain things, why he allowed certain things, what purpose there are in certain things. But there are many questions that are answered. There are many questions that um, have a solution in the Bible. How you should live, what you should do, what you, you, know, what you should uh, base your life around and on, and uh, what you should put your faith in. And those are big things. Those are uh, big questions that are answered in the Bible. Um, because without that, you really don't have anything. You know, the, the theory of evolution doesn't answer anything about life. It just gives people an out. It gives people an escape hatch where they don't have to trust in a holy God, one that's going to call them to account, one that's going to put pressure on them to trust in something objective beyond themselves. And we as humans like to want to be our own God for whatever reason. Um, and I don't know if that stems from the fall or uh, Satan's influence or the spiritual influences that are all around us, because there is another realm out there. It's the spiritual realm. And, uh, the Bible talks about that. It doesn't shy away from it. And uh, it's interesting. We had a discussion the other day about demons and how uh, that, in fact, may be what some of these alien sightings are, is people from, you know, the other realm that are poking their nose into our stuff. So anyway, because it is possible, you know, people have seen angels in the past 
And so it's not out of the realm of possibility. So anyway, again, we start with the Bible. We are reading through the Bible and uh, we are up to Genesis 38. Again, we started with the creation in Genesis 1 and went through that and the flood. And then we went into Abraham's family and now uh, and then Isaac's and now Jacob's. And now we're getting a little bit beyond Jacob to his children. So Genesis 38. About this time, Judah left home and moved to Adullam, where he stayed with a man named Hira. There he saw a Canaanite woman, the daughter of Shua, and he married her. When he slept with her, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and he named the boy Ur. So Judah um, was not purely Jewish. Uh, his, well, the, at least his descendant, Ur, um, because he was born of a Canaanite woman. Isn't that interesting? Then she became pregnant again and gave birth to another son, and she named him Onan. And when she gave birth to a third son, she named him Shelah. At the time of Shelah's birth, they were living in Kazib. In the course of time, Judah arranged for his firstborn son, Ur, to marry a young woman named Tamar. But Ur was a wicked man in the Lord's sight, so the Lord took his life. Then Judah said to Ur's brother Onan, Go and marry Tamar, as our law requires of the brother of a man who has died. You must produce an heir for your brother. But Onan was not willing to have a child who would not be his own heir. So whenever he had gone into his brother's wife, he spilled on the ground and prevented her from having a child who would belong to his brother. But the Lord considered it evil for Onan to deny a child to his dead brother, so the Lord took Onan's life too. You know, one thing about this, it, it may seem to us like, man, that's, that's mean. But every one of our lives is God's. This is all his. And if you come to that realization that he is the king of everything, he is the ultimate ruler of everything, then some of these things take on a little bit new light. You know, we may still not agree with his decision here to take Onan's life just for not giving a child to his former brother's wife, who he is now supposed to be married to, which is, you know, there's some things in the Old Testament that are very interesting about how they wanted to handle things. But again, life was much different back then, too. So there are some things that, that likely were different from a culture standpoint that made sense. But anyway... The Lord took his life too. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, go back to your parents' home and remain a widow until my son Shelah is old enough to marry you. But Judah did not really intend to do this because he was so afraid Shelah would also die like his two brothers. So Tamar went back to live in her father's home. Some years later, Judah's wife died. After a time of mourning was over, Judah and his friend Herah, the Adelmite went up to Timnah to supervise the shearing of his sheep. Someone told Tamar, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear the sheep. Tamar was aware that Shelah had grown up, but no arrangements had been made for her to come and marry him. So she changed out of her widow's clothing, covered herself with a veil to disguise herself. Then she sat beside the road at the entrance to the village of Enam, which is on the road to Timnah. Judah noticed her and thought she was a prostitute. Since he had covered her face, so he stopped and propositioned her. 
let me come in to you, he said, not realizing she was his own daughter-in-law. How much you, will you pay to do this to me? Tamar asked. I'll send a young goat for my flock, Judah promised. But what will you give me as a guarantee that you will send the goat, she asked. What kind of guarantee do you want, he replied. She answered, leave me your identification seal and its cord and the walking stick you're carrying. So Judah gave them to her and, and he went into her and she became pregnant. Afterwards, she went back home, took off her veil and put on her widow's clothing as usual. Later, Judah asked his friend Hira, the Adomite, to take the young goat to the woman to pick up the things he had given her and his guarantee. But Hira couldn't find her. So she asked the men who lived there, where can I find the shrine prostitute who was sitting at the road at the entrance to Anan? Well, we never had a shrine prostitute here, they replied. So Hira returned to Judah and told him, I couldn't find her anywhere. And the men of the village claimed they had never had a shrine prostitute there. Then let her keep the things I gave her, Judah said. I sent the young goat as we agreed, but you couldn't find her. We'd be the laughing stock of the village if we went back again to look for her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law has acted like a prostitute, and now, because of this, she's pregnant. Bring her out and let her be burned, Judah demanded. But as they were taking her out to kill her, she sent this message to her father-in-law. The man who owns these things may be pregnant. Look closely. Whose seal and cord walking stick are these? Judah recognized them immediately and said, She is more righteous than I am because I didn't arrange for her to marry my son, Sheila. And Judah never slept with Tamar again. When the time came for Tamar to give birth, it was discovered that she was carrying twins. While she was in labor, one of the babies reached out his hand, midwife grabbed it, tied a scarlet string around the child's wrist, announcing this one came out first. But then he pulled back his hand, and out came his brother. What? The midwife exclaimed, how did you break out first? So he was named Perez. Then the baby with the scarlet string on his wrist was born and he was named Zerah. And if I remember right, the line of Christ actually comes through Perez. So God is using even this relationship that was evil in nature to produce good. And how often does God do that? Does he produce good out of evil? And you know, we look at all these things in our society today and look at how evil things have become and how distrustful we are of our government, how distrustful we should be. Um, about the people that, that uh, claim they have our best interest at heart, like the people in the NIH who said we should get a shot, Anthony Fauci, and now many, many people have died because of that shot and not from COVID. Um, so, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on like that. But, but I say to you, uh, oops, I'm going to drop my phone here, but, uh, that God always knows, folks. God knows what's best. And we just, you know, if you can get to a point where you just trust him and realize that even when things are hard, there's things you can learn from it. There's things uh, that you can grow from it. I mean, we saw a, a nice, neat movie last night on um, Beer Flicks. Um, something in Indiana. I can't remember the guy's name. Tulsa in Indiana. And... It was just a bunch of folks and the story of this guy that, that, you know, he lost his son in a car accident and how much it hurt. And, uh, 
No, I can't imagine that, losing a child. But, but again, it's all God's, folks. At the end of the day, be encouraged. If you trust in Him, you're, you're heading the right direction. And uh, keep going. So, Lord God Almighty, thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to go worship you today with people who love you. Uh, and anybody that ever hears this, I pray that they are blessed and encouraged and uh, built up. So I love you, Lord, and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.